Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. In terms of Easter Road, um, it's always a tough challenge and probably one of the toughest away fixtures you can get in the schedule. They're a good team, got good players and a good manager. Well, the facts are that we haven't won in four games. There are totally mitigating circumstances. In terms of form, going into this game tomorrow night, I don't think it's too shabby. And I'm expecting us to go out, perform and determine the game as best we can. The Goal Radio Football Show. With Paul Cooney, Stephen Cregan and Shelley Kerr. With OPC Energy Limited, the renewable energy specialists. Call 0808 17 17 700. As David Martindale gets the green light from the SFA as a fit and proper person to be the manager of Livingston, Celtic's Jeremy Frimpong is out of the country. He's on the continent and looks set to sign for Bayer Leverkusen. At Rangers, Scott Arfield, the news is he could be back for Europa League action mid-February against Royal Antwerp. This is the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited and delighted to welcome tonight the former Scotland manager, Shelley Kerr. You were still in the hot seat last time in. Great to see you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Plenty on the go today, Shelley. And Stephen Cragen, who was on the telly all weekend at all the matches, and you're going to be at a game again tomorrow. <laughs> Brilliant you're here tonight. This is the kind of night you love with so much on the go. And the breaking news, Jeremy Frimpong, he's you know out of Glasgow faster than he could get down the wing, and it looks as though he's off to the Bundesliga. It's interesting, I was wondering who made the decision and why they made the decision and then you see the rumours of the transfer fee and you can 100% understand why Celtic would be accepting that kind of money for a you know, even though he's young and he's been impressive and he could have got better, I thought they might have built the team around the likes of him and Sorrow and Turnbull and Julian. But when big money comes in, Celtic have to accept. And that big money, Shelley, is reported to be over £10 million. It could be as much as 12 It's a great bit of business for Celtic. Um, you know, he's a good young player. I think one of the things that I would highlight about him is a wee bit questionable defensively. Going forward, certainly good. But I'm a great admirer of German football and it's a great move for him. Celtic fans will probably be disappointed, but it's a great bit of business. Yeah, he brought a bit of joy to them, didn't he, in the last couple of years. Came from Man City, so mm. there's a, a knock-on fee going back down to Manchester, if that is the case. But it looks as though it's done and dusted. We'll hear from Neil Lennon in a moment or two about that. What about Scott Arfield? Good news for Rangers. It's all good news for Rangers. 23 points clear, and they're in action tomorrow night, as are Celtic. Everyone in action tomorrow. Uh, Stephen, where do you stand Scott Arfield? He's been missed, though, hasn't he? Although they he haven't dropped been. points. He's been missed because he's different than the other midfield players. He's not one that wants to just link up the play and, and stand still and move the ball side to side. He wants to make penetrating runs. He wants to get beyond. And by doing that, Paul, what it does, it creates space for Ryan Kent and for Morelos to come and link up the play. And when you look at early part of the season, he couldn't get a game. Mm. I think it was seventh or eighth game in, he put him in against Lincoln Red Imps. He played minutes before that. And after the Lincoln Red Imps game away from home, he stayed in the side. He played in the Old Firm game. He played against Galatasaray. He played in the Europa League. He's a player Stephen Gerrard trusts 
and he's had to work his way in great attitude and I'm sure a great example for the young players but him coming back it isn't just a case of cantering towards the title they've got Europa League they've got Scottish Cup lots to play for he needs a big squad and we know Rangers are building uh, Scott Wright is in question is when is he going to come is it at the end of the transfer window is it at summertime and a couple of players uh, on loan from Bournemouth it's been talked about for days it looks as though that's just about done yeah, I, I mean, it'll be really, really interesting. Um, I, I had a little look about Jack Simpson in particular. He's another centre-back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Stephen and I were talking earlier about do Rangers need another mm-hmm. centre-back? But I think he's a left-sided centre-back, which provides that bit of balance. And certainly things are going really well for Rangers. You can tell by the signings that they're making, the depth of the squad, and they've, they've had to use them and they've used them in the proper way because... You know, every game, every team raises their levels against the team that are winning, and um, they're going to need, you know, a big squad if they're going to, you know, get over the line with winning the title. And Stephen, you always know the facts and figures. You know mm. your players. What about Nanamde Offabor as well on the way, probably from Bournemouth? Well, if you looked at the Rangers squad now and you thought you're going to add another midfield player, you would think at some stage some are going to have to exit the club. You can't just keep adding and adding and adding. I know Stuart Robertson said a few weeks ago, probably before Christmas, I'm saying a few weeks ago, well before Christmas, that the club's business model will be they will have to sell players and they will have to sell one, possibly two players in the summer. Stephen Davis is 36. Uh, Zungu is on loan with the potential of bringing him in. Is that something they would look at? Is that possible opportunities for players to exit and and, and bring others in? But Stephen Gerrard will have realised what he needs or what's required to be successful in Scotland. It's took him two and a half years, or sorry, two seasons to get where he wants to get to. He's now half halfway through this season. He knows the players he needs, the type of players he needs. And you look at Rangers' transfer policy. I think they're going for young players with room for improvement. Even like Ryan Kent, I know they bought him for £7 million, Leeds value him at 15. So there's an upturn in value. And when you look at the likes of Calvin Bassey, another one brought in, Joe Rebo brought in value going up, Glenn Kamara for 50 grand. It's as if that's the, the market Gl- they're shopping in. The Glenn Kamara won 50 grand. Yeah. That is an absolute Phenomenal, bargain. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's a brilliant bit of work from Rangers. But again, they're strengthening all the time. And that's what you need to do. Um, when you want to be successful, you need to strengthen your team all the time. But that was the thing about Celtic. You know, We spoke about it last week, Paul, about Celtic, I think, have got a huge rebuilding job to do in the summer whether they agree with it or not. But there's a big rebuilding job. And if you stand still and, and don't move quick, you miss out on these kind of players. Rangers are on the front foot. They're doing well. They're successful. They're successful as in they're doing well in the season. They haven't won any trophies. But that allows you to go and attract people. I was going to ask you that, Stephen, as well. You know, with the news about um, Frimpong moving on, what do they do in that right-back area? Mm. I know they've changed formation. They've sometimes played with three centre-backs. Um, Chris Ayers played at right-back. Yeah. He's not, in my opinion, an out-and-out right-back. No. Have they got their eye on someone to come in and replace Frimpong by letting them go? Well, I'd be surprised if they're going to go and spend money in this transfer window just because of the uncertainty around Neil Lennon, around Peter Lawwell, the direction the club are going. Um, potentially, you know, El Hamid or Tony Relson would be the ones. Good point. Let's hear from Neil Lennon. Just a, a clip. He was asked today who's coming in in January and there's only, what, six days left? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're looking at a, a number of positions and a number of options. And, you know, we think we're a bit of the way down the line with one or two deals. And so hopefully we'll have something for you in the next few days. You would think they would be loans. You know, Celtic wouldn't be wanting to go and invest money and, and pay transfer fees. I think the Frimpong money is a huge bonus to be getting that kind of money in a January transfer window. And they say that's normally the hardest window to get your value for a player. So to get that money, you'd think, well, bank that 
and we'll leave that to the summer and we'll be spent. But again, they'll have his wages to replace. We're going to take a call now from a Celtic fan. Before that, here is probably the most popular voice uh, in Scottish football this week. He's taken his team through to a cup final. He can seem to do no wrong. And the SFA got it right today. It's David Martindale. I think he's been weighing on everybody else's mind. Like the board at the club don't really know so much the players, but um, definitely my family, my wife and my daughter and even my son they keep talking about keep asking about it we've had game after game after game so and in between that you're clearing snow off a park so I've had a lot to distract me from it from the groundsman to the manager and he's still helping to clear the park Stephen he's some guy listen I'm delighted that the decision has went in his favour you know not just because he's doing well at Livingston he's winning games but you can't punish someone for the rest of their life and I think the one thing about Davey you know since he's started answering questions about it he's been in the forefront he's been very open he's been very honest and he's acknowledged I made huge errors I mean people talk about being in with the wrong crowd he said I was the wrong crowd so he suffered he's done it and he has to have a chance to rehabilitate and I just hope now it gets to the stage where uh, Shelley before games people and the press aren't asking him about it yeah. Let put it to bed and yeah. let him move on you've, with his career you've got to move forward um, you know he's went through a rehabilitation process his, his love for Livingston as a club mm-hmm. is there for everyone to see. He's done some great work and let it go. Um, you know, for me, it's the right decision. Um, he's done everything at the club. The recruitment's been fantastic. And what a run they've been on. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, you know, it? it's incredible how successful they've been. What was that, 11 unbeaten? 11 and, unbeaten. And, and getting to a cup final. So, you know, everyone in life makes mistakes. Nine wins. Everyone. Nine yeah, wins. Absolutely. And, and football should be yeah. for everyone. Yeah. I always thought Livingston yeah. would get out of trouble. I never thought they would be there, thereabouts. I didn't think they'd win eight, or eight games in the bounce and win nine out of 11, yeah. drawn twice with Celtic. I, I just didn't see them being as good as that. But it's amazing how things can turn and you speak about momentum. I- ironic as well, you know, going from playing Celtic and then to the cup final seven eight changes yeah I mean that's incredible yeah, yeah. it just shows you the depth in the squad they've got as well okay mentioning Celtic we've got Ryan on the line a Celtic fan Ryan we're coming to you this is the news today about Jeremy Frimpong and uh, Neil Lennon was speaking about it just uh, a little while ago this afternoon yeah well Jerry is abroad at the minute uh, speaking to the club that deal looks like it may go through you know, this hasn't appeared in the last couple of days this has been you know, in the background for the last six or seven weeks. Club have made, made strides to renegotiate with Jeremy and his representatives and, you know, th- th- that wasn't the case and the player made it clear to me, to Nick, to the board that he wanted to leave. Ryan, good evening. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, we're fine, thanks. Hope you're well. Uh, what's What about this news about Jeremy Frimpong? How do you feel about it? Uh, I think if, if, ever, if ever there's a signal that um, a club has given up on any ambition for this season it's this because that's only Lennon's decision today and as much as Neil Lennon wants to come out and throw Frimpong under the bus by saying he wanted to leave that, that's a long decision that's 11 million that's going to his bonus at the end of the season never mind the Celtic fans who still give the faint hope that we might get 10 in a row we might get a Scottish Cup we might build for next season that's a signal that the board just do not give a, a toss what the Celtic fans think do you think Celtic still realistically could possibly catch Rangers, Ryan? Uh, I don't honestly think they can, but if, if the custodians of a club are making decisions like that, then the, the decision to keep Neil Lennon when it was the writing was on the wall for the Celavacos game, what, what, what hope have we got while these, guys, these leeches are still in charge of your club? 
Well, it's a bit strong to say that. There's been yeah. so much success at Celtic over the years. Uh, they've had nine years of success. But the fans are angry. They're, they're so angry. Stephen, what yeah. would you say to well, Ryan? I think it's quite clear it's a business decision. I think Ryan's spot on there that, you know, the club have looked at the money and thought, you know, we might never get this kind of value for Jeremy Frimpong. Uh, Neil Lennon said last week in one of his press conferences the title has probably gone. Uh, listen, I know, uh, you know, even the the most eternal optimist of Celtic fans would realise it's a long, long way back. So I think he was just being honest in his assessment. You know, I don't imagine Neil Lennon's made that decision. I don't imagine Neil Lennon makes many decisions on players going out. That would all be based down to a business decision. But I thought Frimpong would have been here for the long term with the likes of Turnbull and Sorrow and Julian and James Forrest coming back. The younger squad members where you think there's something there, there's a vibrant group of players there that could, could be the core for the next four or five years. Um, you know whether Jeremy Frimpong has asked to go or not or whether that's the line that Celtic are going to toe I think it's a loss for them however if you bring someone in for 350 grand and within 18 months you can sell them for what 11-12 million pounds it's an incredible return on your money um, but ultimately now the Celtic fans will be wanting to see who's going to be brought in to try and replace them Shelley? Yeah I think the same and you've got to take what the manager says at face value as well if a player's there and wants to leave what is the point in keeping mm -hmm. them? That's what I would say, because that can filter through the rest of the squad as well if you've got an unhappy player that doesn't want to be at the club. Ryan, what about the manager's position? There's been so much speculation. What do you think is going to happen? What do you want to see happen? Well, firstly, Paul, just to take Shelley's point when she's talking about if a player wants to leave, Neil Lennon's now come out twice and say, say that there's players want to leave. What, what, sort, what sort of signal is that, that the players are only happy playing for the manager? Or it's happy a, playing for the it's club. A, it's yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. a good point, Ryan. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think certainly things for Celtic this season haven't went well. And sometimes, you know, that can affect players' performances, the confidence. And if there is a move on the cards, it's it's an easy easier decision for them to make. And, you know, I can understand, you know, your frustrations as well, Ryan. But I think, as Stephen said as well, if you buy a player for 300, 350,000 and you can get, you know, 11 million, that is a good bit of business. And maybe, maybe for the future, that can buy you two players to build for the future. So there's always a positive out of a negative. Yeah, well, you look at, you know, Peter Lowell said it, didn't he, pre-Christmas, that over the last three transfer windows, they had spent... 30 plus million pounds you know albeit it's in volleyball and goalie and Klamala and Ayeti Sorrow and Turnbull have turned out to be the two good ones so far Barkas was another one they spent money on Shane Duffy and the loan fee so the club have invested a lot of money and it's going to be very similar that's the you know I was talking earlier about Rangers you know uh, buying players for fees they're going to have to get a return on their money somewhere you know, and and and, I, and maybe it's not ideally that it's Jeremy Frimpong, but he's the one that somebody's come in and put the money in the table, and that's how Celtic will have to work. You have to cut your losses. Of course, the the huge losses with fans not being in, hospitality not being in, albeit season ticket money's coming in, so they've lost out on a lot of money, and that has to be replaced, and sometimes is to the detriment of the team. And this one certainly seems to be the case. Ryan, we can hear how you feel about it. Many Celtic fans are contacting us on the socials and it's the signal with uh, Frimpong looking to be about to exit Celtic. What does that tell you? Um, they're not happy about it. Ryan, um, do you think there will be change soon at Celtic? Uh, I hope so, but the guys, Stephen and Sheriff, just spoke about business decisions. The worst business decision I've ever made was donating £600 at the start of the season to be absolutely shafted by Peter Law and Neil Lennon, who at the end of this year 
will still get the million pound a year salary. Peter Long will still pick up a bonus because the club will be in profit because they keep selling their best players. Yeah. There's, t- there is, there's yeah. loads of calls like this coming in. People mm. are really angry there. Yeah. So we can say things like there's been nine years of success but they're not. They're, they're not. They've known nothing but success. I, th- I think, as Stephen mentioned as well, I don't think you know. And you can understand the fans' frustration at Celtic yep. this season because recruitment hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been successful on the pitch, and and that's what you want. You need someone that's good at recruiting players that can get the spine of your, the spine of your team is so important to build the foundations to, to get success. That is so important when you're recruiting. The manager was asked today about uh, the future of Odson Edward. I don't want to sell him, but I don't know why you're mentioning Odson. I don't know why you plucked Odson's name out of the of the ether there. There's been no bids for him. There's been no sort of speculation surrounding him. There's been no um, any sort of interest at all, particularly in this window. And look, we got a really robust offer from a club for Jeremy. The club felt it was good business. We we do as well from the footballing side of things. And um, you know, when the player doesn't you know make sort of inroads into wanting to sign a new contract and and makes it clear that he would prefer to play his football elsewhere. Then that was a, a decision we all agreed with to take. Negotiations are ongoing at the minute, and we'll see how that pans out. But I don't envisage anyone else going out the door. Well, I mean, it's all about momentum, and um, we haven't had that opportunity to build any momentum. You know, it's been very disruptive. So hopefully, we can, you know, avoid any more disruptions between now and the end of the season. And you know, get a we had good consistency in December. You know, we were winning games and winning them well. Played well at Ibrox, and then we had the whole fallout from Dubai, which sort of again set us back. So we're building towards finding that form again, and we want to finish, find strength, find consistency, find quality as we go along. Finish the season as strongly as we can. Stephen, a couple of inserts there from the media conference mm. this afternoon. He was saying that it's a good bit of business. It's over ten million. They say it might be twelve million for Frimpong. Uh, the club agreed with it, and he said that he agrees with it as well. Well, if he's going with the business line of the club, absolutely. But I'm sure if you asked Neil Lennon, would you rather have Jeremy Frimpong on your side or not on your side? I would imagine, purely on a football basis, Neil Lennon would rather have him in. Listen, it was interesting listening to Ryan there because he said that you know it's the worst decision he's made spending £600 on a season ticket. And if that's the general feel of Celtic fans, which it seems to be, the club have a lot of making up to do. The club have a lot of big calls to make over the next you know number of weeks and months to convince Ryan and everyone else who has spent that £600, what are you going to do to convince me to spend that again? Ultimately, at the start of the season, £600 going for 10 in a row, everybody said, absolutely, there's my money. This could be historical season for us. It hasn't gone well. They've now got a big turnaround to try and convince fans yet again. Whether they're allowed into the stadium or not, Paul, is mm-hmm. still going to be in up in the air, but are you going to convince the Celtic fans to spend your money? What would convince you then, Ryan? Is it a Benitez coming in? A Lampard? I'm just, you know, there are names being thrown in. Uh, Eddie Howe? I, th- I think uh, Neil Lennon and Peter Long need to go first, and I think they need to go now. Well, Neil Lennon, definitely, to signal some intent for next season, because the longer they let Lennon stay in place, the longer the whatever vibe he's having is festering into the club. We're going to lose five, six players um, so I think they need to act now They should have acted If, if not at the Fenerbahce game They should have acted in October We've now got one of the worst forms uh, In, in uh, the league We've, I think I touched on it the other, the other day Last week that um, With Livingston and St Murn We take the same amount of points in, As them since October So that's all good And Neil Lennon coming out today And saying it's no too shabby 
I just wish Neil Lennon would stop taking press conferences because it's just constant verbal diarrhoea. You hear Ryan, he's not happy um, yeah. that there's no police. And you can understand they have paid their money and no matter how much success there's been, you're only as good as your next win, aren't you, Shelley? And that, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I think you can understand. I said it before, you can understand how frustrated the fans are when they're mm. paying their money season tickets. I know they're not being able to get into the games and certainly I go back to the recruitment. Um, Stephen mentioned all the players that have been brought in, Barkas, you know. And I always say that... <laughs> The foundations of the team, Duffy, you know, didn't hit the ground running. That's key moving forward. Your defensive setup for me is key. It's the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. I told you tonight, it's lively. We're back next. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. Tomorrow night, we'll be gearing up for the league action: St Johnson against Aberdeen, Ross County against Motherwell, Dundee United, St Mirren, Celtic against Hamilton, Hibs against Rangers, and Livingston against Kilmarnock. Today, the headlines, Jeremy Frimpong is on the continent. Looks as though he's on his way to the Bundesliga. Bayer Leverkusen reported to be paying over £10 million, possibly as much as £12 million for the defender who in the old days probably, Shelley, would have been a winger, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> what are his attributes? What do you like about Frimpong at his best? Uh, listen, he's, he's quick going forward. Um, I think he's low centre of gravity, can chop and change, go on the inside, go on the outside. For me, the question mark about him was always defensively. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I think it is good value for Celtic. I know the fans will be disappointed because you're a young player and you want to build your team around young players. But what I would say, I think, is he played 22 games, and maybe the Celtic supporters will know this better than me, but 22 games and he's scored one goal, is it, Stephen? Yeah. One goal, one assist. For me, playing in a team like Celtic, and you are an attacking fullback going forward. You need to have more assists and more goals, especially playing in a yeah. team that creates. Well, there's no doubt there's elements of his game needed to improve. And I think this final ball was the one, particularly in Scotland, when you're right, gets beyond the winger, gets beyond the centre forwards. And how often did he get into that position? And it was like a, an anticlimax. There should have been more goals from his play. Uh, I always, he always caught the eye because of his movement you're right low centre of gravity his speed how he took men I always enjoyed watching him playing but if you're a, a you know a Celtic supporter or a Celtic manager you want end product you compare them off off air yeah. I'm saying to James Tavernier completely different 11 I mean if you look at Tavernier 11 goals 9 assists you know that is you know a yeah. good return for the full back in the league in the league you know? yeah so phenomenal it, it's that's fun- the kind of numbers it's you should be hitting. that's the numbers especially playing with a Celtic or Rangers indeed and it could have been more he's missed two penalties shock horror <laughs> Barry Ferguson was telling us last night about the day he missed two in one game against Dundee, Dundee. yeah and they did he score penalties the <laughs> did he score the third no it was well we asked it was Mikel Arteta took it and I scored thought, I thought Barry had more bottle yeah. than that I thought well, Barry did, was did he get that. taken off the penalties after that uh, oh we ran out of time at that <laughs> point that's maybe a good, good question that's the voice of Shelley Kerr MBE the former manager of Scotland who took us to a World Cup and then it didn't happen for the Euros and uh, you decided to stand down want to talk to you about what's next for you and Stephen Cragen the former Northern Ireland and no MBE no nothing start. not yet no nothing Paul yeah. nothing miserable so and so from <laughs> from Northern Ireland uh, yeah Whereabouts? Whereabouts? Just outside Belfast, a place called Cumber.
Cumber. Cumber, right. Okay. So they're with us here with Paul Cooney on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. And we're up to over 350,000 downloads. So it's great. People are really, really tuning in. Thanks for making the switch. We're on from five every evening. And this weekend, we're on two till six, Saturday afternoon. That's got a ring to it. My life will be back two till six, Saturday afternoon. Barry Ferguson, Cy Ferry and myself are really looking forward to it. And you too will be keeping you up to date with all the matches as some good cards this weekend. Uh, David Martindale today confirmed as the manager fit and proper person we're going to speak about that in a second or two but before that Stephen Gerrard let's get the injury update ahead of Hibs Rangers tomorrow night Ryan Jack's come through the weekend all fine really pleased uh, with his performance Kemar Roof was probably in the squad a tad early because he'd only had one full day's training is the reason why he never came on the pitch but he's obviously had more more training and a bit more volume in his legs so he'll be in the squad again tomorrow but he's had uh, no problems he's, he's ready uh, and looking good Scott Arfield progressing well he's on time and on schedule so you're probably looking at another couple of weeks hopefully Scott will be back with the group and Katic is obviously a, a longer situation everyone else is fine and, and, and ready to go you begin to count down now, don't you, to when is it mathematically um, impossible for Rangers to lose the league? So we're all looking forward, at looking ahead to see when that will be. Can you see Rangers slip up at all tomorrow night against Hibs? It's an interesting one because I think I'm more looking at Hibs. Mm-hmm. Hibs have been on a horrible run right now. Um, you know, their supporters obviously were expecting to get to a cup final. It hasn't happened for them. And win it, Shelley. They, win it. Never mind, win just it. Get of to of it. course, especially with Celtic Rangers and Aberdeen being, being out of it. But I think they, they need to get a result. So I think it'll be a tough game for Rangers. I don't think Steven Gerrard's got a good record um, against Hibs. Um, so it'll be a tough game. But on forum and with that squad, the depth in it, you know, you, you just can't see Rangers losing right now. Although the last time I was on this show, we said the same about St Mirren. St. Mirren. So, right. it, you know, anything's possible in football. But I do think the way that they're playing and you look at the recent game against Ross County, um, Ryan Jack's goal, yeah. just back from injury, it was an incredible goal. I think it was about 18 or 19 yeah. passes all the way for the back. And that's the type of football they play. They're just playing with a swagger and a confidence I don't think an arrogance really, but they're playing with a confidence as if we know we're good. We know even if you set up defensively and you make it hard to play against us, we will eventually break you down because we've got players on form. And when you get a team in that groove... Possibly, I don't want to put too much... So you would be interrupted That's by Stephen Gerrard. I don't Gerard. mind being interrupted yeah. by anyone. There you go, far away with yeah. Stephen Gerrard. No, no, that was a good point you were making there. Um, we mentioned at the top of the show, Scott Arfield will be back. Not just yet, though. Possibly. I don't want to put too much pressure on the medical departments or the staff down there. They're doing a fantastic job and he's moving along really well. Uh, I think we said at the time it'd be a five, six-week number. I think we're four weeks into that. So it'll depend on what his fitness levels are in, in, in a couple of weeks' time and, and, and his level, but... I'm hoping to have them available around that time, yeah. I think to have three players like Kamar, Roof, Ryan, Jack and Scott Arfield coming back from injury just boosts the squad even further because it's the type of squad that if you play and you don't play well or things don't go your way, it could be a little while before you get back in. And, you know, I always think it's a coincidence that when the team are winning games, everybody's fit and available and, you know, ready for selection. It's amazing how this time last season, they probably had half a dozen injuries of players with hamstrings. That's just the mentality sometimes, but there's no doubt about it. They're in a really strong place. They've got the Europa League games and the Scottish Cup still to play for, so still lots to, you know, ahead of them. 
We'll come back to Rangers in a moment or two. Let's go to a Livingston fan on the line. Ross is on. Ross, good evening. Evening, guys. How's things? Yeah, we're good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad at all, not bad. You'll be happy with the SFA decision today about your manager? Yeah, absolutely delighted. Uh, I think it's probably the, the media and press coverage surrounding it has helped as well. But um, but even aside from that, yeah, it, it makes complete sense from uh, sort of rehabilitation type of things. And, and also the, the work he's been doing both on and, and off the park at the team has just been incredible. And what else about your team? What would you say? He obviously, I was going to say, can you keep this going? But there's no sign of it uh, failing. No, well, you know, obviously he's done incredibly well as manager, but he's been behind the scenes for, for a number of years now and, and played a, a huge part in our, our rise from, from League One up to the Championship and, and through the playoffs a, a few years ago as well. I'm sure he played a, a massive part in that. And if Martindale hadn't been involved in the club, then would we have even been back in the Premiership just now at all it's um, yeah it's been incredible what I would say is you know when you think of I'm saying the baggage that has been with David but it, it will have been throughout his coaching career I think joined Livingston 2014 as a volu- you know as a voluntary coach knowing that when you're progressing up the ladder people are going to want to talk about it people are going to want to bring up your past but still to have that drive to keep going, knowing what's coming your way once you're successful. I think it's been a, a wonderful appointment. Dad said earlier on that I felt as if Livingston could have turned a corner and won some games. I didn't imagine they'd have won 9 out of 11, drew with Celtic twice and been in a cup final. Did you imagine that yourself? Uh, I certainly wasn't expecting it, no. I think we were playing well under Gary Holt. I was surprised when Holt left, to be honest. Um, but just the way that the, the, the team have kind of um, nailed down a wee bit more and just grinding out results now that we weren't managing to do in the earlier half of the season. And yeah, an absolute bonus that we're in a, a National Cup final as well. Ross, who, who, who do you think has been instrumental in terms of players at the club? I'm a great fan of Scott Pittman. I think you know he came from junior football. I actually know his dad um, very well. His dad played for the USA. Um, Stephen, he was a fantastic player. Who do you think has been instrumental in the success of this recent run of results? Obviously, David's part of that and the coaching team, but in terms of players, um, who's been integral for you? I think you've got it spot on there with, with, with Pitts, to be honest. Uh, he's, uh, he's up there with, with Keegan Jacobs as being, I think, the, the, the player with the most appearances at the club now. Uh, he's been involved since 2014, heading for a testimonial if he's still at the club in a few years. He's been amazing. The turnaround from Scott Robinson's incredible as well. He's played with for a few seasons. He's always been a good squad player, puts in a shift, but... Um, we've trialled him as a, as a number nine in the past sort of two to three months since Davey took charge of the team and he's been, um, he's been making that role his own. We struggled to fill it after we lost Lyndon Dykes at the start of the season and, uh, and Robo's just been, been incredible there as well. And See, that's a good point, Ross. You talk about that because I looked at that a while ago and thought that replacing Lyndon Dykes was harder than what people thought it would be. Not just because of his goals, but because of his link-up play, his hold-up play, his willingness to run in behind. He can occupy two or three centre-halves on his own just because he was such a pest. And Livingston didn't really have that after he left. I mean, I know they brought in J. Emmanuel Thomas. He's more static and more of a target man, whereas he didn't have the energy. 
that Lyndon Dykes had. So now that that void has been filled, even just watching Scott Robinson on Sunday, you know, chasing long balls, any long ball forward, he made a good ball forward because the opposition had to put it out for a throw and had to, you know, defend it properly. Previously, that's not been the case. So Scott Robinson, for me, I think has been vital. I think I think Pittman as well. Scott Pittman has actually played higher up as well. Yeah. So he adds a bit of support to Robinson there as well, which is always good because there's nothing worse as a striker than you're looking behind you and there's, there's a huge there. gap. Mm-hmm. So I think they two work really, really good together. And you have to say, and it, the game, it wasn't um, a brilliant game Not at the a classic, weekend. Was it? No. But, but yeah, a semi final, you just want to get over the line. You mm-hmm. want to get the result. And I, I thought I thought the two fullbacks, Serrano and Devlin, were, mm-hmm. were class on yeah. Sunday. I thought they were really good, especially making so many changes. Ross, will you tell the listeners about the tweet that you were sharing? Of course, the uh, was it was this the, the, the David Martindale one yeah. with uh, the Gary and the supporters club? That's right. Uh, so yeah, a few years ago, um, uh, a, a, a player from a footballer from Ghana, I should say, um, had got in touch with me on on Facebook, and it, it, I've no idea why, but he was asking for a style uh, Livingston, and he thought to to go through through me and I tweeted it at the time and it, it kind of went viral and David Martindale got in touch uh, with myself and it's the first kind of dealing I've had with, with David and uh, basically he was asking if he could if I could get in touch with the, the guy uh, who had asked for the trial and to see if uh, we could get an address and the club would then send out some footballs, some uh, old training tops and it was the end of the season as well so they had a load of sort of League One sort yeah. of winning memorabilia to send them across as well, yeah. which was which was amazing. So we sent that across, and uh, and the guys sent over. Um, they, they sent us back some photos and some videos of them uh, celebrating the title win out in Ghana. So mm-hmm. uh, so it was pretty cool. But yeah, he did it. He didn't, he didn't do it for any sort of PR, yeah. um, both from his own level and from even from a club level. It was an act of kindness, yeah. Before before you go, this was him speaking today after he heard about the decision and he wanted to thank people for the support. I think it's been massive. I think, like, it's unbelievable what football can do. Like, it just shows it, it gets out there to the masses and the, the different genres of people, the different demographics of society that have contacted the club. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, I can't thank everybody enough, and even the media yourselves have been extremely positive and it's been brilliant. There's been really no negativity, and I think that's been brilliant. It just shows you how open minded society's becoming. Stephen Craig and the media being praised mm. by a manager. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that'll catch on, funny <laughs> enough. <laughs> but listen, it has been. You know, I, I think you judge a person by what they say, yep. by their actions, you know, how he's coaching. Everything about him with Davy Martindale is full of enthusiasm. I think it's the one thing we've noticed with no fans being at games, you can hear Davy in every stadium he's at. Because you he's, know him. Yeah, yeah, well, he's continually... Co- well, just, just not personally, just from, you know, being a, a, against him in games, but... I spoke to him a couple of times about some young players going to Livingston as well. So just his appetite for the game and his willingness to keep on improving. And he'd be a shining example for other people of if things aren't going well, you're not on the right track, how you can turn your life around and have a positive impact in society. So tomorrow night, Ross, you are up against Kilmarnock. Livy against Kilmarnock. What's your score prediction? Uh, let, let's go for 2-0 Livy 2-0 Livy yeah um, Shelley what do you reckon tomorrow night well Ross is here I'm going to put you on the line um, do you know what I think I think they'll still go unbeaten 
but I think it'll be a draw. I think the the changes that have been made, the two draws against Celtic, it was a big ask for them to get to that final. So the recovery time in between, I, I'm going for a draw, but I, I still think that um, they'll be unbeaten. And, you know, going back to David Martin, Dale and Livingston, he epitomises the team. He is industrious and his team are industrious. They're fantastic mm. to watch in terms of their appetite to to go and put a foot ahead on the ball, to go and put pressure on the opponents. And they do the fundamentals and they do them really well. A draw tomorrow night, you reckon, Stephen? Well, I, I, I'm just be interested to see how their party was on Sunday night, first and <laughs> foremost. There's no doubt, well, obviously not together, but yeah. I'm, I'd imagine individually that the players will have celebrated somewhere. So... Um, I would probably go for a draw as well. Ross, great call. Thanks very much for calling us. Spread the word. Glasgow's own. Go radio. Cheers, Ross. Cheers. Livingston's own. We're back next. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. We've won nine league titles in a row and, and four consecutive trebles, which no other club's ever done. So I don't understand why we, because we're having a, a difficult season, there's this sort of um, hysteria to change the board, change the club from top to bottom. Um, that's not what I'm seeing. I think I know the club well enough. I'm not going to, you know, cut corners and what I'm saying. I understand that, you know, people may want to change a manager and change a managerial staff, but the way the club's been run over the past 20 years has been absolutely fantastic that's Neil Lennon speaking this afternoon ahead of tomorrow's match Celtic against Hamilton Stephen Cregan Shelley Kerr me Paul Cooney here on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited and we're on the socials at Go Football Show loads of messages coming in uh, Darren a Celtic fan is on the line good evening Darren good evening guys thanks for having me on not at all Darren what's on your mind tonight about Celtic right after just hearing that wee bit for Lennon again I'm going to have to pick myself off the ceiling right the reason we are so irate is because there's such dropping standards. Yes, we've won nine titles, we've won 12 trophies in a row, but the standards have just fallen right off a cliff face this season. Everything. You, and then you look at the news today, Frimpong looking to leave. Understand Celtic's model um, of buying young, cheap players and selling them on for a profit. That's what we need to do with the size of club that we are and the league that we're in, things like that. Understandable. Yeah. But no danger should a player at Celtic in January be looking to leave, especially this season. This season should have been the be-all be and end-all. Okay, it's the biggest one in our, our lifetimes. It's, it's just beggar's belief. That, and then today, you know, I was listening to the, the press conference and he was asked if he understands why the fans are so irate. And he just comes out and says no. And then gives it a, a few sittings and then says no again and then offers an explanation. He's so flippant, arrogant, he's, he's absolutely deluded. That I just don't understand how we can be in a stage that we've got a manager like him. You look at Bayern Munich, Dortmund, PSG, Chelsea, they've all got rid of their managers at the slightest hint that they might not be at the standard that the clubs should be or expect to be. Yet we're here... 20 points behind Rangers in the season that we're chasing the 10 and we've still got a manager who on numerous occasions has said that he does not know how to fix it. He doesn't, he's said that numerous times and yet he, he sits here day in day out moaning at fans, moaning at journalists. How about he takes some credit or some responsibility for the state he's put our club in do a decent thing and walk. Or Celtic uh, do the right thing 
and uh, relieve him of his duties. Duty of care, Stephen. Or, or Darren, what do you think of that? I mean, what he's achieved for Celtic over the years, or the trouble is, uh, you know, we, when if someone just listened to this for the first time, would think they wouldn't realise what this man has done for that football club. It matters not a jot. We can't le- rest on our laurels. We cannot yep. survive in football with past glories. Chelsea, Chelsea and Lampard being prime example. They have taken the massive step, and I'm not a Chelsea fan in the slightest, they've taken the massive step of sacking potentially, arguably, the greatest ever player, certainly the highest ever goal scorer. They've, they've taken it, and they've only got four or five points off the top four. That's, what, that's, that's how a club should be run. There should be no sentimentality, okay? Darren, Darren, can I ask, obviously I know you're really passionate about the club how did you feel at the start of the season in terms of the squad um, and, and Neil Lennon, did you think that you know you would go ahead and, and get that kind of over the line with 10 in a row and where do you think the key problems are? So Shelley, that, yeah, so I mean, I've never been a fan of Neil Lennon getting the job again I think it was a good appointment to get us to the end of the season when Brendan Rodgers left because he's that kind of manager that instills a wee bit of passion. However, when he was offered the job in the, in the showers at Hamden, that's where he should have been told, thanks very much, cheers, you're welcome back any time, but we're going in a different direction. I did not think... I would, and you look right back to Cluj last season in the qualifiers, right? He made some absolute howling errors in judgment tactics, decision making right back to last year so no, at the beginning of the season I thought we had a really good window some would say it's, it's our best window in, in, in a good few years we bought well, we obviously spent the money but we, we bought players going round in a, a 3-5-2 and then we've no go to any wingers now and when that system didn't work you know, that's a, that's a key point, Darren. Um, I, I've said for you know a wee while now that I think Celtic at their very best are synonymous for having really good wide players and I think that's been something that's been missing in the team this season so you you make a really valid point there and I can understand your frustration because when you have good wide players especially that attractive attacking style of play that Celtic are synonymous with and when the supporters don't see that I can understand your frustration Darren makes a good contrast there with uh, Chelsea. They've you know they move really quickly. But I think that's the responsibility of the board. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I've certainly fans have asked and Darren would like Neil Lennon to walk, but that's the responsibility of the board to make that decision. Why should Neil Lennon walk away from the club? Because let's go on the flip side. Brendan Rogers walked away from the club and said he was a Celtic supporter, and the supporters were not happy one little bit, and they dug him out for it, and they're still digging him out for it up to this day. Neil Lennon, as a Celtic legend, player and manager, is saying, No, I want to stay, I want to fight for my club, I want to try and make it right. And suddenly now they're saying, no, no, he has to walk. So I'm just trying to give Neil Lennon's perspective. But the responsibility for me has to be at the, the, the board of directors and the owner. If they're not happy and they're getting the vibe from yourself, Darren, and I think it was Ross we had on earlier on, they should be making that decision rather than Neil Lennon. I agree there, I agree there Stephen. I'll give you two instances. Was that Holt who left Livingston? Was that Holt at the beginning? Yeah, yep. it was. So he's walked away. He's he's recognised. I cannot do any more with this club, and he's walked away. Okay, granted, he's, he's I don't think he's got the, the emotional tie that Lennon has with Celtic. Mm-hmm. You then look. Lennon was Neil Lennon was quite happy to walk away the first time around when his stock was high, when he thought he could get a job elsewhere. He was quite happy to walk away then. So why is he not now? Because he knows 
that he'll not get a job as good as at Celtic, he'll certainly not get a, a payday as good at Celtic unless a club is in crisis and they need to pay him big bucks. Dan, do you think in the summer, I know you said they had a good window, I'm not too sure where the good window came from, but do you think that Celtic underestimated Rangers a little bit and didn't expect them to be as explosive and as consistent as what they are? I think 18 months ago, or almost two years ago now, well, 18 months ago, when Neil Lennon was appointed, we underestimated, or the board underestimated um, Rangers and Steven Gerrard. Now, since Gerrard's come in, we he pretty quickly got our number. He knows how to play against us, he knows how to press us, gives us very little time on the ball, which is what we like, which is what we've done since, you know, since uh, Brendan Rodgers was in charge. We've underestimated Rangers, and we've thought, you know, if we can just keep going, keep going, but it's just a typical Celtic thing. We fail every year to prepare failure to prepare for the qualifiers for the, for the European games we should be building right now so if Neil Lennon's not going to be the manager next year and it, it shouldn't be right, and there's going to be players leaving we should be building that squad for the qualifiers leaving it until you know June when the quali- or July when the qualifiers start is no good to nobody ne- and I see the day that, I see this afternoon uh, linked with Ben Davies uh, for pressing why on earth are we signing a player at 25 now I don't know him he might be a worldly player uh, Defender, but why are we signing a player when we don't know who the manager's going to be in six months? It might not be the manager's choice, it might not be the manager's style of player. It just beggars belief again, failure the board to prepare for the, for the next season. But don't you think the, the board then could quash all these rumours? Neil Lennon's talking about it there, saying that you know there doesn't have to be a big change, there doesn't have to be an evacuation of staff and players that they can stay on. Don't you think then that the board can quash these rumours and all this talk by making a statement of saying Neil Lennon is here until the summer or he's not here until the summer? Before you answer, Darren, this is what he said about the review. Well, I speak to Peter more or less every day on a, you know, about you know club duties, about the team, about you know the transfer window. So you know, I'm just carrying on as normal. And about speculation about his job? It's highly disrespectful. A lot of uh, managers go through the same things. I don't think it's right. I don't think there's any foundation to it either. So just ignore it. Darren. So, yeah, completely, again, I agree with, with, with Craig's there. The board are at fault here. The board are at fault. Of course, yeah, I think they're at fault for appointing them in the first place, and I've held that opinion. I've been on here ranting and raving about it several times. They, they, every year, you know, Peter Law has done a, a good job at Celtic. Well, I'm going to say a fantastic job. However, his feelings come down to Europe in the way that we fail to prepare every season. And this, right now, the situation we're in ties in with that. We are failing to prepare for next season. This season's done it, done and dusted we. We should be looking for a clear out now. Neil Lennon said today that there's uh, Frimpong and some other players are wanting to leave. Let them go, get a good money in for them, get a manager in that's going to be here next season, and let's start the rebuild now. Give them four months playing together so when that qualifier and you know, the far ends of Europe comes along in July... We've got a team that know how to play together. Shelley Kerr, what do you think? Dar- Darren, yeah. who would you build your team around? Oh, well, proofs in the pudding, Turnbull and Turnbull. Sorrow. Mm. And yep. The, the park, and obviously, Crags will, will know Turnbull very mm. well, but yeah. I was screaming for him to get a start. Um, I was very impressed with him at Motherwell. Okay, he was out for a while with the, the surgery and such, but when, when he's come in, he's hardly put a foot wrong. Young uh, Sorrow, um, again, he just needs experience in some minutes, but certainly for what we've seen of him, 
he, he looks to be the business. Yeah, what about defensively? Do you think that? Because for me, when I look at Celtic, they're so vulnerable, and that's something that they that, that they haven't been in previous years. They're so vulnerable defensively. What would you like to see? Can I look in? And are you happy with the system, the changey system? Because they've operated the three centre backs, they've changed their back four. What would you like to see happening at the team? Well, that, that's tricky to know because obviously I would have liked to have seen Frimpong stay at yep. least maybe till the end of next season, but he's, I think it's Leverkusen, he's away, mm-hmm. looking at reports. So we're going to, I think, you know, I'm dreading it, but I think we'll probably end up signing Stephen O'Donnell. I think he's available free this, this week, I think. Uh, but centre-half, it scares me that, that we're still playing Duffy and Beaton at centre-half and you know, the, the last game there we stuck Ayer out at right-back. I don't think um, Welsh, young Welsh, should be dropped ahead of uh, to allow Duffy or, or Beaton to be playing at centre half. He's uh, Welsh is young. Okay, he might not make the grade, but we're never going to know that if we didn't give him a chance. And that now is the perfect time to give him the four months of games. Darren, thanks for your call. We'll have to go to the news now. We're going to talk more about it afterwards. You can hear now, there's a, there's a, it's come to the point where there are so many Celtic fans coming on saying it needs to be changed now. And Darren disagreed with the caller earlier by saying, yeah, Frimpong, take the money, get the money in. That's basically what you're saying and start to build. We're back with more after the news. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. Hope you're keeping safe and well in these COVID times and hopefully looking after yourselves. Taking it easy as we heard on the roads as well if you're out and about an essential business. We keep you right up to date here on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Chris keeping us up to date tonight. We've got Shelley Kerr, MBE, the former and successful Scotland manager, is with us. And we'll ask in a second or two what's next. And Stephen Craig, in former Northern Ireland and Motherwell star, is with us on Tuesday nights. Rob will be back with us on Thursday. Looking forward to have him back in the hot seat. Back fully fit and ready for action on Thursday. Tomorrow night, of course, St Johnson Aberdeen, Livy against Kilmarnock, Ross County Motherwell, Hibs against Rangers, Dundee United, St Mirren and Celtic against Hamilton. Looking forward to the match at Easter Road, Stephen Gerrard. In terms of Easter Road, it's always a tough challenge and probably one of the toughest away fixtures you can get in the schedule. They're a good team, got good players and a good manager, which I mentioned at the weekend. I think our performances have been really good at Easter Road and maybe we haven't got the results we've deserved. We've had a couple of draws there where we've had over double figures in terms of chances to win them games. So we've actually been a little bit frustrated and disappointed in the outcome of them games. And the last game we played, the two-all game, you know, we had a couple of individual mistakes and, and conceded two sloppy goals, but... I think our performance and the chances we had again on the day, we should have won the game. So there's certainly a lot to learn from in terms of our results that we've had here previously. But I can't fault the performances overall because I think we deserve more of what we've got if you analyse the games and, and, and looked at them back. Stephen Shelley, we'll go back on the lines. Let's get some more calls. 0808 17 17 700. Uh, Craig is on the line, a Rangers fan in Cumbernauld. Hi, Craig. Hi. Good well, evening. Hello, Stephen. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Um, 
Aye, not too bad. Um, I've sort of been listening to the show tonight. I was listening to the, the last call. Um, you know, this talk about the rebuild at Celtic and the underestimation uh, of Rangers in the last couple of seasons at Celtic. And I mean, that's clear for everybody to see. But I still think Rangers are being underestimated because you talk about you know this rebuild at Celtic and they need to start that now. But on the 26th of January, they've announced nothing except that Frimpong's leaving today or in recent days. We've announced that Scott Wright has signed a pre-contract. Mm-hmm. He's one for the future. So that's already us starting the process of, of looking forward to next season. <clears throat> and Gerard today was saying that there could be you know, other announcements along the same lines as well um, pretty soon. You know, So this proves to me, I think there's, there's a lot of people think this may just be a one-hit wonder for Rangers. You know, it's a, it's you know, one of those seasons, you know, Celtic have been poor, there's no fans and there's this and the next Do you think people are saying that Craig? Do you really think people are? There there are some not not many but there are still some I mean I heard a couple of weeks ago after Neil Lennon's press conference you know Gordon Stratton who I've got great respect for for Mm -hmm. the job he tried to do at Scotland coming out and saying that Celtic are still a far better team than Rangers and that Rangers are not a great team but they're a good team and I'm thinking how do you say a team who are sitting 23 points clear at the top of the league table aren't great and the team who are 23 behind them are far better you know that's the issue that some people still think that I think Neil Lennon believes that and I think the Celtic board do as well which is why so far nothing's been announced and I think they're going to try and go for the kind of approach Rangers did when we lost the 10 in a row because obviously the season after that we won our treble and they're going to try and bring 7, 8, 9 players in like we did and, and they'll be thinking along the same lines but I don't think, especially in this COVID world, it's not reasonable to suggest you can do that and expect it to work. Shelley? Craig, I, I think you make a good point about Rangers, but what's been most impressive for me is that it hasn't just been this season. It's been over a few seasons. It's taken time for Steven Gerrard to put the right framework in, and it's the style of play. For me with Rangers, I've I, I done a wee bit of research and I have been because I, I've, I've really enjoyed watching them play. I like attractive football and the average passes that Rangers are making in a game, you know, it can be up to 700 passes. That's incredible, an incredible start. I think against Aberdeen they had 729 passes. Now, fair play, Aberdeen had a player sent off in that game. Um, so they play with 10 men, so you're going to have more of the ball. But against Motherwell... 632 passes so for me it's about the style and the way that they play and that's been over a few seasons now it's taken them a few seasons to get there this season in particular for me the final third play has been exceptional because they know how to win games even if it's by one goal I know obviously uh, the game at the weekend it's 5-0 but in general they're consistent they find a way to create goal-scoring opportunities. So for me, the identity is there in the terms of the way that Rangers play. Conversely, when you look at Celtic, they've chopped and changed formation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You've played three centre-backs. They've went to a back four. They've played with a diamond. You're struggling to win games. You, you can understand why it, that's the case, can't you? you? You can, but for me, you need to have consistency and I think that's what Rangers have done mm. across the board. Whether it's you know the players that they've brought in, they're all performing consistently well. Craig, and I guess he's... Sorry, Craig's kind of asking. It's a great point. Mm. Is this the start of the new era then? The Steven Gerrard, Rangers era? And they could... Do- will they dominate again next season? Stephen? Oh, so I think yeah, it's a Craig. So I yeah. think it's a Craig. Uh, well, they're certainly going about it the right way. 
And the best way to do it, you know, Craig's getting a little bit upset because people are having an opinion. Rangers have been efficient in the work this year. They've went about their business quietly. They haven't shouted from the rooftops. And that's been the big transition from last year. You remember Stephen Gerrard's emotions after beating Celtic at Celtic Park. You know, everyone thought this is the moment. This is the time the tide is going to turn. And it didn't. So he will have looked back at that and thought, that was wrong. I'd maybe give the wrong message to the players, the supporters. So I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be composed. And that's been effective. But Craig, I asked Darren earlier on, the Celtic supporter, that did he possibly underestimate Rangers? Did he think Rangers could go 25 games unbeaten? I didn't think they could based on what I'd watched up until March last year. Did you really believe as a Rangers fan the turnaround would be so vast? Well, listen, I don't think, if I was being honest, that you know, I'd be disingenuous if I said, oh, definitely. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, you could see gradual improvements over the last couple of seasons under Gerard, And he came under pressure last season because it was the second season in a row where we didn't win a trophy under him and of course you know at the time all these stats were coming out about no manager at Rangers had went two seasons without a trophy and stayed in a job since like the early 1900s and stuff which didn't help the cause but I think what you've seen this season and I think why it hasn't surprised me to see us continue keeping the form up is the the temperament about the club is the the unity because I think that's one of the big differences. You know, there's there's a clear unity right now between Rangers Football Club, the fans, the manager, the players in the park. Everybody is fully behind what Steven Gerrard is doing. And yes, you have bad results, you come under pressure. But for the second you win and walked in the door at Celtic Park for his second tenure, not everybody was behind him. Not all the fans were behind him. There was still a lot that didn't want him there. And I don't even think necessarily all the players on the park can say that they, they want to be there now. Um, but over the last few years, there's, you, know, you can't deny the, the improvement. And in Europe in particular, it's been mm. outstanding. And it would really, in my opinion, just add icing on the cake if at our first attempt in over 10 years to qualify for the Champions League in the summer, we did it when Celtic have failed miserably time and time Craig, again. Craig, you spend a lot of time worrying about Celtic, don't you? You think a lot about... Here's Stephen Gerrard talking about the alignment in your club. I think the first thing when we came in the door, it was about... Clarity, it was about clarity of role, you know, trying to connect all the different departments and improve all the different departments so that everyone's on the same page and, and understands what we're all trying to achieve here. That was one of the biggest challenges from day one is to really get that alignment in place and making people feel part of it, the journey and the story and um, all becoming one and all pushing in the right direction to change this club and try and get it closer back to being a successful club. And Shelley, it looks as though there'll be more business for Rangers with the two Bournemouth players. It looks as though they could be coming, Jack Simpson and Nemandi, off a bore. Yeah. So it's not confirmed yet, but we, we hear, I no, think they're on the way. But I think Stephen Gerrard, as much as you know, he's not an experienced manager as such, mm-hmm. um, he is looking ahead. He's being proactive because he knows that he can't rest on his laurels. You need to always look at you know, being proactive in terms of adding to your squad. I mean, Stephen mentioned um, Steve Davis earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched a few recent games and I think he's been phenomenal. Yeah. You know, forget his age. He goes about his business effectively. He, he does he does a simple thing and he does it well and he allows others to play. And every department, I mean, I think Tavernier hasn't played that well the last few games. Mm-hmm. But there's others that are playing well and that's the makings of a good team. When some of your big players don't play well, you've got others that will step up to the plate. Hadji, we spoke about him earlier off here. He went off the boil for a while. Now he's performing consistently well again. So for me, the, the mix and the balance within the team is good. 
Um, obviously they've got a real togetherness but winning games gives you confidence and it gives you togetherness Craig you're looking forward to tomorrow night against Hibs you know eh, for about the first time in uh, years I actually am looking forward to <laughs> playing a game at Easter Road um, I think because as a, a fan the, the nerves aren't as they're still there a bit because you only win the game sure. absolutely but no one was so far in front that even if we went there and, and had a draw again you know it wouldn't be the end of the world it wouldn't be a disaster and I think actually with the form Hibs have been on recently you know I, I would actually be disappointed if we didn't win purely because at the weekend you saw both sides of Hibs you know they were excellent for the majority of the first half but then after they conceded the goal they showed big defence frailties and we can you know exploit that and some of the players in the team have been Excellent. I do think maybe Tav needs to take a break for the penalties because that's two in a row he's missing. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. That's, you know, that might be a bigger mystery than what's happening at Celtic. But uh, you know, I, I just think games like that normally you worry about in a season where we've been so. It's it's not a big worry. It's just get another game ticked off the list. I think what is it nine games we need to win to to clinch the title on the assumption that Celtic would win all of their games, obviously as well. Um, so yeah, listen. I, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a, a good game. It's always interesting up at yep. uh, Easter, Road. Easter Road. It's a very Craig, physical game. Sure. Craig, here's the latest on Scott Wright. We know he's coming. I suppose the question is when? We're really pleased and delighted to get Scott signed up and we're really looking forward to welcoming him with open arms come the summer. He's a really good player. He's at a good age. Aberdeen have done a fantastic job, so has Derek, in terms of his developments and where he's at. And we're hoping to, um, you know, keep pushing in that direction when he joins us in the summer. It's something we're really looking forward to in terms of working with him. It'd be a bonus if we could get it done now for me, but we don't control that. That's Aberdeen's, that's in Aberdeen's control and, and we respect that. And he was asked also about the players coming through. We saw that Nathan Patterson, for example, has signed a contract extension. We want to have local academy players who make the grade and, and step up and push for a first team place. I want that more than anyone else because I've come through an academy system myself. But the level of this team has grown and, and moved forward uh, since we've come into where we are now. So the challenge has become even more tougher for these players. So they've got to go above and beyond and be obsessed with getting better and, and pushing. And the ball's in their court. If they're good enough and they work hard and they sacrifice enough, they will be given opportunities. And then it's up to them whether they take them and prove that they're good enough to be in this first team. Craig, you were pleased to hear about Nathan Patterson's extension. Absolutely. Um, I think it's important that um, you start to build a good um, youth academy and have players coming through because it's been a real strength at the other side for too long. And we've not really, we've lagged behind in that for for a while and you know you've seen through the years some of the players that have came through like John Fleck for example who's now down in the Premier League playing for Sheffield United albeit they're not having a great season this year but you know that's where these players can go and if you can build a player and I think Nathan Patterson has shown great attributes you know he's not played a lot but when I've, when you've seen him in the park he doesn't look like he's a, you know uncomfortable with, with a ball at his feet or um, in those situations so I think it is important um to, to see things like that, and obviously um, Scott Wright as well. I'll be honest, I was a bit mystified when we first announced Scott that we were interested in Scott Wright, just purely because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen mm-hmm. an awful lot of him at Aberdeen, and I don't think he's actually met his full potential there, to be honest with you. But again, the manager's seen something, hasn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's what yeah. I said. I'm not going to go mm-hmm. out Stephen Gerrard. Nobody sees what we've had. But, <laughs> but, but obviously he's seen something. Um, but I like that. I think there needs to be a, a push for you. But, you know, the formula has to be either buy young, buy cheap, and then get big. I mean, you know, Celtic but get £25 million pounds for Kieran Tierney. I'm not saying we'll get that for Patterson. Mm-hmm. But there's always a possibility if you build a no. good foundation at academy level you could it's a good model that. isn't it and look at Frimpong at yeah. Celtic 350,000 man uh, cities going for over 10 the million the thing about Nathan Patterson they don't actually know how good he is or how good he can be and I think you know that was touched on there by Craig that you only really learn about younger players when you get them out and play the rigours of men's senior football and he needs to go and get himself 20, 30, 40 games I think Stephen Gerrard said that that him and Ross Wilson will look at the next 18 months of his development and what he will do. I think Nathan Patterson himself has said, you know, watching Tavernier train, learning from him, speaking to him, that's great. But you need to be on the pitch. You have to go and replicate that on the pitch before you can actually see at what level you can get to. You need minutes on the pitch. You need game situation scenarios to get better and develop and you know, he's, he's been in the national youth teams as well. Mm-hmm. He's a great prospect, but I'll tell you what is really good. When you've got a manager, a successful team right now this season in particular, who's saying that he's going to give you an opportunity. He's telling you to be obsessed with your training and to get there and look at all the things that can make you a top player. But when you've got your manager saying that, that's that's how you want to extend your contract mm. for sure. Shelley, could you have believed at the start of the season, we're over an hour into the programme and we haven't, and Rangers, you know, 23 points clear, we haven't mentioned Alfredo Morelos. <laughs> that's the one, you know, at the start of the season, everyone talked about it, be on his way. And that shows you part of the story, doesn't it, Shelley, at Rangers, how it's changed. Do you know, I've said this many times in the last couple of months. I think people have given him a hard time again because he's no scoring goals. But for me, he's added so much more to his game. His movement, I think, has been incredible this season. Yes, he's maybe not in the six-yard box a lot, but he's playing a bit deeper. Um, I know that, obviously... You know, Ryan Kent goes in behind, he stretches the defence and that's down to Morelis' movement. So I, I think he's added a different dimension to his game this season. But who and wants to score goals? He, he does. That smile he, does. he had at Pitodri when he scored two goals, I haven't saw that smile for weeks on end. And he wants that smile more often than not. He doesn't want to be the link-up player, he doesn't want to be the hold-up player, he wants to be the greedy little centre-forward who gets himself 40 goals a season, you know that. Listen, you were a centre-back when you played, and I'll tell you what, if you were still... for debate right if, now. You were, <laughs> if you were still playing now, if you were coming up against Amarelos, you would be saying, I'm going to have a tough game today. Yeah, he, he gives centre-backs a torrid time. 100%. Because yeah. they don't know now, he's got strength and power. But he drags them out of position as well. He, he really does. And um, I, I think that a lot of his work this season, playing deeper, has created a lot more for Rangers. Craig, some good chat there. Thanks very much for calling. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks Cheers, very much, Craig, Craig there in Cumbernauld, Rangers fan. We're back with more of your calls. Next, some news coming in that Celtic on the trail and coming close to maybe a loan deal for someone down south. We'll tell you next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Tuesday evening, the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited, Monday to Friday, and now on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, two till six, Go Radio Football Saturday. Looking forward to that, Stephen. You'll be at a match, no doubt, but uh, take the app with you wherever you go. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't actually have a game this weekend, which is ah. nice. There's nothing on at the minute, so no doubt I'll be tuned in to Go Radio to listen to 
the you, maestro Barry Ferguson. You could be our first caller. Who's your caller? What, what's your point caller? We'll say again to Stephen Cragen. And what would you know about it? 54 caps for Northern Ireland. Uh, so many games for Motherwell. And, uh, well, Star BT, Premier Sports, The Beeb, uh, and... Cross uh, County TV. Well, yeah, indeed, yeah, one. as well. That's the big one. Well, that's tomorrow. Charlie. Give you some news on uh, Celtic coming in. There are reports at the moment that Ben Davies, defender at Preston North End, could be on his way. Neil Lennon did say today this about incoming transfers uh, yeah I mean we're looking at a, a number of positions and a number of options and you know we think we're a bit of the way down the line with one or two deals and so hopefully we'll have something for you in the next few days and the word on the wires isn't that he hasn't mentioned it but Ben Davies do mm. we know what do we think well his contract's yep. up in the summer at Preston so I'd be surprised if it was just a loan deal Preston wouldn't want to loan someone out for six months knowing he's going to leave in the summer. So you'd imagine there'd be a transfer fee involved and an extended contract beyond the summer. Another centre-back. Yeah, well, there's no doubt that's been an issue for them. With Julian still being out injured, Shane Duffy hasn't set the word of the light. You know, massive um, doubt round about him. Uh, Near Beton is in the centre-half. Christopher Iyer's been playing right back. So you think if they are going to bring someone in the centre-half would be the one they would bring in, absolutely. Plus, you know, you said it, a right-back. Is it going to be Tony Ralston? Will, will it be El Hamid or will they look somewhere else? And El Hamid, you know, the word a month ago was that he, he was going, he was mm. going to the Middle East, that he hadn't settled here and with his family. It's t- it must be tough for people when they, you know, we know all the clubs, people who are signing for clubs, often distanced from their families, sitting in flats or whatever, in, in Glasgow or where, and, and there's no interaction. It must be tough in the mental health, Shelley. Uh, definitely. I think it's a hard thing. Um, you know, if externally you look at Scottish football and it takes players time to adapt we've spoken about this before many times and, and some people do it quicker than others but when you're moving your family across the world um, it's it can be quite tough you know I know football's a, a bit of an escape at times but ultimately a high performing player is a happy player you've got to find happiness as well in your life so you know if he's if he's not happy and you know, his family's not happy, then you can see that that can affect performances on the pitch. Natasha's on the line now, a Celtic fan. Natasha, good evening. Good evening. How are you? What are you thinking tonight uh, on the latest? Will we ask you or do you want to ask us? Um, well, I'm a little bit concerned, to be honest. I'm concerned in a number of um, yeah. ways. Firstly, it's disappointing to see a player like Frimpongo. I mean, he's exactly the sort of promising young player that the club should be seeking to keep and develop. And I'm concerned that him, along with others, perhaps don't think that the current management setup can successfully develop them as players and enhance their ability. And my concern is that he's going to be the first of many youth players of that ilk who are looking to looking to the door, really. I mean, Carnival Kudumbeli is another one who, who we think is going to be heading out in that direction. And I'm just concerned that holding on to the current management system for a longer period of time is going to negatively impact us in terms of the youth players as well and, and who we can develop coming through. Um, and I wonder what your thoughts are on that. I don't think there are many Celtic fans, judging by what's coming in tonight and elsewhere, who disagree with you, Natasha. The only thing I would say, Natasha, and I don't know this for sure, maybe Stephen will know better than me, but I don't think Neil does a lot of the coaching. I, th- I think that you know his coaching staff, he brought Gavin Strachan in, obviously John Kennedy's there. And you're talking about the young players. I'm sure that obviously Tommy McIntyre's there. Um, you've got the head of youth there as well. So uh, it's an interesting point. I think first and foremost, the players, you play for your own pride. You play for yourself, your consistent performances. And I know in all of the time, certainly that I played, I, I never once played for a manager. 
Um, I don't know about you, Stephen, yeah. but I always played for myself yeah. first and foremost, my own standards, my own values. And of course, there are managers that bring out other things in you. So I, I can take your point. But for me, I don't think Neil does a lot of the coaching. And, and you might come in and correct me on no, that. No, I think that's the case. I think he's more... Because I think he played under Martin O'Neill for so many years. And Martin O'Neill was very like that. Martin was the guy who would stand and watch what was going on. And Steve Walford and John Robertson would do all his work for him. Ultimately, Martin had guys like Henrik Larsson and Chris Sutton and, and Moravchek who could manage themselves and look after games themselves. So, you know, he almost took a back seat. Um, Neil still was a good coach. I'd done my, uh, I think my B licence and A licence with Neil, so there's no doubt he knows what he's talking about. But sometimes managers like to stand from stand back from afar, don't they, Shelley, and, yeah. and kind of see what's going on. So, listen, I think that would be a concern for the younger players moving up towards the first team. Listen, I've looked at Rangers and Celtic over the past number of years and it's quite concerning how few young players are actually getting a sustained run in the team. You know, they're getting dipped in and dipped out and, and put in and put out and, and pulled about. But for these players to really progress, you know, Rangers and Celtic should be setting the, the tone. I mean, Celtic going and buying David Turnbull for £3 million. I mean, how does that look for Alexa Kerr, McEnroy and, and Ewan Henderson who are thinking, well, that's the same age as me. That's my bracket. You know, how am I going to get into the team if we're spending £3 million on David Turnbull? They're buying Ishmael Asoro for £2.5 million, who's a couple of years older. You know, where's the breakthrough for the young ones? Karamoko Dembele, I think Natasha mentioned, I saw that rumour today, that he will possibly leave in, in the summer and, and, and going abroad. And you think back two or three years ago, he was the next best thing. Every club was chasing him. Celtic got him. How could they get him into the first team? Mm. And I think it would be, you know, a, a major disappointment if he doesn't get into the first team and has to leave and go seek first team football somewhere else. I think, Natasha, you make a good point. And I think for me, young players, it's all about confidence. And I guess it's about, it's the manager's job to bring the players or get that confidence in the players. But that comes with results as well. And when things aren't going your way, mm. then, you know, the, the confidence goes a little bit. Just just out of interest, Natasha, who who would you like to see? I'm assuming that you, you don't see Neil Lennon as being the future. So who who would you like to see at the club? Yeah, certainly I don't think he is the future of the club and to be honest I'm concerned that it is him that is getting this transfer window. In terms of who comes in next, to be honest I think that will largely be dependent on where we see ourselves as a club in the next you know, 18 months to two years. Um, if we do have higher aspirations of you know, European success then we need to replicate a manager of the sort of ability and calibre of Brendan Rodgers and if that means going for someone and a lot of people will say this is impossible but if it means going for someone of the level of Rafa Benitez then that should be surely where the club are, are seeking to aim um, I don't know if that sort of um, appointment is possible but I do think we need to try and get back to a Brendan Rodgers sort of level if we want to get back to the level that the team were at under him. And it's just deteriorated so much under Lennon that I would be concerned about point, appointing another relatively inexperienced manager um, who perhaps might not improve things greatly either. So for me, um, it's about experience. It's about getting someone of a higher level in to, to try and get the club back to where we were under Rodgers and back to sort of levels of competing successfully in Europe. But Steve, Stephen and I were talking earlier and we, we, we still think that the, the squad of players that Celtic have um, mm -hmm. are, are still fantastic groupy players. You know, the, qua the quality that you've got there. And as I say, I, I, in my experience in football, you have a run of bad results and it can easily flip the other way. 
it, it can easily mm -hmm. flip the other way. You sometimes just need one or two results and then it changes again. But, but it hasn't this season. But it, it hasn't it ha this season. And the cards have gone against them. You could yeah. say they started to play well. They were affected by COVID. You know, up to the Rangers game, they played well in the Rangers game. But it didn't happen. Again, I go back to, and I mentioned this earlier, I think for me there's been too many changes with the system yeah. as well to try mm -hmm. and get that quick fix. You know, it's, mm -hmm. they've changed from a back three, mm -hmm. back four, four yep. midfield diamond. Which boils down to what we spoke about, the imbalance, I think it was Darren made it, or Ross made it earlier, the imbalance of not having wingers. Yep. Of not planning mm -hmm. out with James Forrest. James Forrest, Forrest he wants oh. to play narrow, so he's mm -hmm. not an out-and-out -out winger. Mikey Johnson was out injured. You know, so when they're dancing about the rest of the squad, that should have been, you're right, Celtic were always a team where, even when I played against them, it was out-and-out -out wingers. They get at you with pace, they hurt you, they overload Miss James Forrest this season. Well, they do. Yeah, absolutely. They do, but I think they needed more than him as well. Stephen yeah. would love to know what Dermot Desmond is thinking then, because Natasha said there that uh, Rafa Benitez would be her choice, someone like that, a real mark sign in a Hollywood, as Barry and Sai said yesterday. What the do you think is going to happen? The, what, what about... The question has to be, if you're going to go for someone of that ilk, is the owner prepared to put more money in again? Because someone like Rafa Benitez, who would come in, you look at his his, his jobs throughout the world, he's always spent money. Mm -hmm. He's always been on a good wage himself and he's always surrounded himself with good players and good players cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So the question is, does Dermot Desmond want to go down that route to invest heavily back in the club because he now knows Rangers are the real deal as in up for a title battle every single season, certainly for the next few seasons anyway it looks that way so does he want to do that or does he want to just try and bring someone in who's a forward thinking coach who wants to try and progress the team or does he want a successful manager who will cost him money Natasha what about Frank Lampard you know departed yesterday at Chelsea I know he doesn't have much experience as a manager Derby for a season uh, 18 months at Stamford Bridge but Lampard against Gerrard would be quite a battle mm. Yeah, it's an interesting showdown, I'm sure. But for me, Lampard isn't really the answer for us and it's not the sort of direction I'd like to see us going in. Um, what I'd like to see is Celtic appointee a manager who was a good coach and perhaps doesn't need to be the most well-known name. For me, Lampard has made his name as a player. Mm -hmm. He's a highly successful player and to a lesser extent, a manager. And similarly, you know, Lennon was a very successful player for Celtic and has achieved as a manager. But he was appointed because of who he was. He was appointed because he knew the club, um, he knew the history and he'd been a great servant to the club. I fear that if we appointed someone like Lampard, then he would be getting appointed because of who he was as well for different reasons. Um, for me, I'd like to see us go down a different path and, and appoint a really good coach. Can I throw a name in that Cy Ferry said last night? And listen, we hate to talk. You know, Neil Lennon could be listening. It's his job and he's devoted yeah. a lot of his life. But inevitably, uh, that's the discussion just now. And it's part of it. It goes with the territory. Uh, what about Michael O'Neill, the former Northern Ireland manager and Stoke City manager? Natasha, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. again, it's a name that's been bandied around a lot. Um, and perhaps not the worst shout. I just don't know if he's perhaps... Um, more suited to a director of football role if we were looking at a complete restructure um, with a, a younger um, coach, head coach um, sort of appointment like Damien Duff with perhaps a, a director of football above him, then O'Neill could certainly be that sort of that sort of involvement. Um, as a manager on his own, I'm not entirely convinced about that route. I think there's better options out there. 
Natasha, how much do you think this season, when you do look back at it, whatever happens, that COVID's been horrible for everyone in the country and it was a factor in what happened at Celtic? Not least, you know, the COVID cases that came up when they were away with uh, Scotland and the under-21s. Um, mm-hmm. And also, no fans this year, because I know you go to the matches at uh, home and away and abroad. How much has that affected the momentum that Celtic seemed to have until July, August 2020? I think massively, to be honest. Um for the record, I don't agree that COVID has affected Celtic more than any other club. I think that's nonsense. But the impact that it's had on the team has been massive. Um, for me, I'm not sure that the results would have went the way they have or that Lennon would have been in a job as long as he has if the fans were allowed in the stadium. Um, I think it's certainly a lot easier for the board and for the club to ignore the feeling of the fans and to ignore the way that the fans feel that season has went given that we're not in the stadium, vocalising these opinions. It's do you feel ignored? To ignore when it's just online. Sorry. Yes, to be honest. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I do feel ignored and I think the fans feel ignored as well. Um, if the board were taking into consideration the way that the fans are feeling, then they wouldn't be coming out with the statements that they are and they would be engaging in some sort of communication. They're completely failing to do that. They're failing to communicate with the support in any forum. Um, so of course the fans are going to feel ignored and that their opinions aren't taken seriously. The fact that this is being allowed to continue as long as it has suggests that the fans' views aren't being taken into consideration. Really, the cop between uh, rock and a hard place, Stephen, yeah. isn't it? And, uh, you know, Natasha says it she, so eloquently. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think she makes a good point that if supporters were in the stadium, there's no doubt, you know, the, the, the disappointment would hit the board a lot harder mm-hmm. than what it has currently. And I think it would affect the players a lot more. But... Likewise, I think having the fans in the stadium would have made Celtic a more uh, dangerous opponent just because of the noise they bring home and away. The atmosphere they create you know, would have driven the players on. But there's no doubt that uh, fans not being in the stadium may have affected or maybe allowed the board to take their eye off the ball. Natasha, thanks very much for calling us tonight. And uh, you know, look after yourself and you know, we'll see what if unfolds over the next few weeks. Final point, what do you think is going to happen I think that we are expecting an outcome of a review. I mean, they promised a review um, back at the end of last year. And anyone conducting this review can only simply see the fact that we're further behind than when the review started and we've not won a single game in January. So really, the review outcome should only be one way and it should be the dismissal of the current management setup. I'm concerned that won't happen. I'm concerned that we've... Natasha, see when you off. see the, the, the current management set up, do you mean mm-hmm. the, the, like more than Neil Lennon? I do, to be honest, because I think if we're getting a new manager in, we have to allow him to appoint his own backroom staff. And I think that's something we failed at recently. Um, we didn't do it with Dyla. We let him have John Collins. And we didn't let Lennon pick his own backroom staff. And I think if we're going to aim for a top-level manager we have to let him bring in his own backroom staff. And unfortunately, that could mean that Kennedy and Strachan also have to make way or change role as well. It would seem strange, though, that at the end of a January transfer window, you suddenly decide to you know, separate from your manager. You think Absolutely. that would, you, know, you think that would have been a better idea to do it in mid-January and give the new manager a chance mm-hmm. to bring a couple of players in, which would give you the sense then, mm-hmm. Natasha, that Neil Lennon is going to stay on and going to stay on till the summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's absolutely concerned. If Lennon is going um, in this window, then he shouldn't have been given this window. Um, and for me, like you said, it does signify that he is staying till the end of the season. 
But if I was a player um, or a player's agent advising a player to go to a club, I'm not sure I would be advising them to go to Celtic right now because the manager who's bringing them in and the setup that's bringing them in might not be the one that's in place in four or five months. Um, and I'm not sure that makes that a particularly attractive option for, for any players that we might be able to get in in January. Natasha, thanks very much for calling Go Radio tonight. Thank you. Cheers. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. Down south at the moment, Crystal Palace 1, West Ham 2. So uh, there's so much football on at the moment, Stephen, isn't there? You're loving it. Are you? Well, it's just West yep. Ham. David Moyes is doing an absolutely incredible job, isn't he? You know, considering they had him, they let him go, they've brought him back, and he once again is Supporters just. Supporters didn't want him? No, I, I, honestly. And he, he's continually had to prove people wrong, and he's done a wonderful job. They made a mistake, didn't they, a few years ago? They should have kept him that time. Uh, yeah. Listen, I think he's a fantastic manager. He got a raw deal at Manchester United and I'm I'm glad to see him doing well. It's a result that I always look forward to looking yeah. for and they're doing fantastic. And I, yeah, hope he gets another contract. Who could have followed Sir Alex Ferguson in 2013? No one. I mean, we were all delighted it was a Glasgow boy getting the job, but... No one, as you said. So hard. And the record, when you look back, you know, the, the, the succeeding managers, Van Hal, etc., didn't do any better. And their opening, yep. what, 15 games That's where right. he was in charge, I think yep. the records were very similar. It's the same as Arsene Wenger. Mm. Look at Arsenal, it's the same thing. True. Yeah. Sure. Yep, absolutely right. Kieran Tierney could be back for Arsenal tonight. They're playing Southampton. Um, so there's just so much football on. And loads for us tomorrow. Shelley Kerr is with us. Shelley, uh, what about you then? So you left... That was your Christmas present to yourself, was it? It was Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve, no job. No. So, so what was your thinking on it? Uh, yeah. To be honest, at the time in 2017, I signed a four-year contract. I wanted two cycles to try and get the team to finals. And, um, you know, we'd done that with the World Cup and um, really disappointing that we never qualified for the Euros. So, you know, my contract was running out, so I felt it was the right thing to do for myself and for the team, especially for myself, starting off in a new year with kind of future challenges ahead. And it was the right thing for the team as well. So what for you now? What do you want to do? Obviously, you're steeped in the game. You love it. You're a, you know, the game, the science of the game. You played at a really high level, Arsenal. Um, what do you uh, want to do next? I still feel I've got a lot to give. You know, I think as a manager, you reflect, you make mistakes, you make mistakes as a player, you make them as a manager, as a person, professionally and personally. But, you know, I, I feel as if I've got a lot to give. And eventually, I would like to go down the sporting director route or football operations. But right now, I still think that I've I've got more to give on the pitch as well. Did you want a wee bit of a break? But you've had enough now and you're ready I've to get back enough. into it. Yeah. <laughs> she gave us some great memories and really did elevate the women's game. We all took notice a couple of years ago with the Scotland performance when, remember, yeah. we were in the wilderness in yeah. the men's game and the women. And it was wonderful, the, the concentration on it and the coverage. Well, you must look now, Shelley, at just the growth in the women's game in I, Scotland in general, from two th- even from 2017 to 2021. I think that's the key for me as a, as a young girl growing up where there was no infrastructure in place. So the most pleasing thing for me, people talk about the World Cup and its success, hmm. uh, the qualification group that we had. But for me, it was the amount of young girls that now want to play football. Hmm. That's the most pleasing thing for me um, because I grew up in an era where you know it wasn't possible. I had to play boys football and it was great for me. But I think football again is for everyone and I think the pathways now for the girls is and great. And there's still more, there's still there's still more, more room. To come. There's loads yeah. of room left for still employees. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly is. Shelley, glad you're with us and hopefully you will join us in future shows as well because you do a lot of media work as well. But nothing beats being at the matches and I would imagine and being involved with 
a club or your national team? Apart from being on Go Radio. Great, <laughs> <laughs> No, listen, when you're embroiled in football, it's yeah. 24-7. I think nothing compares to being a player. Yep. No. Uh, playing days are always the best, but mm-hmm. coaching is a little substitute because you, 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 know, you can still make a difference and you can still develop players and develop teams. Newcastle nil leads one that's the latest score coming in as well tough for well, Steve Bruce at the well, moment that, yeah. that, that could affect Celtic's potential of getting Eddie Howe because yeah. he's been linked with a Newcastle job and if Steve Bruce I remember but that's the second manager of almost sacked tonight on Go Radio but <laughs> yeah. you know but if Steve Bruce leaves his post I reckon Eddie Howe would be one of the favourites to go for it so you'd think if Celtic are thinking about Eddie Howe they would have to have conversations quite quickly mm-hmm. there's been a lot of chat surrounding Eddie Howe and mm. um, you know he's a young progressive manager I like what he did at Bournemouth obviously you know didn't quite work out they get relegated but I, I, I like his methodology and the way that he coaches and that might be you know something that, that Celtic look mm-hmm. at favourably Let's hear one final from Stephen Gerrard in today's media conference ahead of Hibs against Rangers and he was asked about Yanis Hadji. We're really happy with Yanis. Um, he's a, a joy to work with. He's a student of the game. He's always looking at areas to improve, whether that be from a physical point of view, whether that be tactically or technically. He's someone you'd have to drag in off the training ground. He's always in the analyst department. He's never out the gym, so he's an absolute dream to work with, very low maintenance. We're delighted with how he's developing and progressing. We're delighted to have him here. But, you know, he's, he's, he's one that we're, we're supporting and still trying to push in all kinds of different areas to keep him evolving and growing because we still think there's more to come. That's the exciting part. Um, but he's really delivered in terms of um, his contribution. Recently, we had a good idea that in his first full season, there'd be moments where we have to protect him and look after him. And um, there'd be times where we just have to let him go and be himself and and give him some freedom within our system to go and be himself. And I think that's what he's done, uh, certainly of late. I wonder where that question was coming from, Stephen, that there was quite a concentration there on Hadji. I like it. I like to hear that young players want to stay after and do more. They want to look at every aspect of the game because sometimes people outside football think, look at players, they go and train, kick a ball about, go home and don't think about the game again. But he obviously knows a big opportunity and of course he's coming from a background where his dad was an absolute superstar. <laughs> yeah. So he's not trying to measure himself against his dad's ruler. However, with, when you have that name, people want to judge you, people have a perception of you before they even watch you play. So to hear the fact that he wants to do everything he possibly can to improve is very, very refreshing. I think for me, always looking at players, you talk about three things. You look for three things. Your attitude, the application and the performance. And for a while, over a few games, you know, maybe his performance wasn't, you know, what it should have been. But to hear the manager say that he's had a brilliant attitude, the application, and it goes hand in hand. Every young player goes through a bad patch. You know, their their performances go up and down. So it's important Mm. that they still have that brilliant attitude and the right application because now he's performing really well for Rangers will he play tomorrow night then against Hibs how can can you leave him out when he's playing well what do you think is going to happen tomorrow well Stephen Gerrard will expect a feisty start from Hibs after the weekend's huge disappointment you know Jack Ross has been back big and you know they've bought players they've invested in the squad even in January bringing in Jackson Irvin Chris Cadden and Matt Macy in goal they've got a really competitive squad so to lose 3-0 against St Johnston he'll be expecting a big response so I'm guessing the message will be match Hibbs enthusiasm and appetite for the first 15-20 minutes because they're going to come for you if you can ride that out then you can put your style on to 
onto the game. But on the form Rangers are on, I can't see them losing. So Rangers win for you. Yeah. Shelley, what do you reckon? I think, again, a Rangers win. But looking at Hibs, it is quite concerning. Um, you know, they've won three games in the last ten against Kilmarnock, mm. St Mirren and Aloha. It's not good. You know, a couple of months ago, you know, Jack's getting touted for the Celtic yeah. job as well. And, you know, I think he was extremely disappointed after the game. So I think Hibs will come out all guns blazing. They will try and play with an intensity and an intent. And it'll be interesting to see how Rangers cope with that in the initial stages of the game. But I still think Rangers will have too much. You think they're going to 26 points tomorrow? Yep, a Rangers win at Easter Road. What about St John's and Aberdeen then, briefly on these ones? A, a draw for yeah. me. A draw, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, Aberdeen were back to something more like themselves on Saturday, weren't mm-hmm. they, against Motherwell. So there's no doubt Derek will look at that fixture and think St Johnston have played at the weekend. They should be buoyed. They'll be full of self-belief. But with that extra little bit of a rest, I'd expect Aberdeen, I think, to go there and win. And St Johnston at the weekend were like Bayern Munich or whatever. <laughs> well, Amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, they, 3-0. Yeah. They showed two sides of the game. First side, they weren't great. They stayed in the game. But when the chances came along, they absolutely took them. Ross County, Motherwell? Huge game, isn't it? Really? Massive. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you know, Ross County have come off the back of a really heavy defeat. Even a little before that, they had a couple of good results. Mm-hmm. Um, you get that bounce. John Hughes has came in. But for me, Mother will need a win. They've not won a game and out of six. 31st of August. Oh, sorry, 31st of October was our last league victory. And as much as Graham's ago. come in and you know he's had you know a couple of draws in mm-hmm. there. Um, so what's your scoreline, Shelley? I'm having to hurry you. It's a mother will win. <laughs> mother will win, Stephen. I think it'll be a draw. You think it's going to be a draw? Dundee United, St Mirren, Crags. Well, again, the bounce back of St Mirren, I thought they were poor on Sunday. I don't think they reached the standards they have within the last four or five weeks, certainly. Um, Dundee United, buoyant, going well. Unfortunately for Ali, who helps produce, I'm going to go for Dundee United. Okay, Shelley? Dundee United are the draw specialist, I think. They are. Yeah, yeah, draws. Yeah, I, I, it's another draw for me. I'm the draw specialist yeah. here. <laughs> and Livy Kilmarnock, we mentioned earlier, just to refresh. Shelley, you were going for... Livy Kilmarnock I think I said a draw you went for a draw Kilmarnock have just signed George Oakley haven't they used to be at Hamilton so I think George Oakley might stop Livingston making it 12 games on beat okay we'll look out for that and Celtic at home to Hamilton the news today is that uh, Jeremy Frimpong is on the continent looks as though he's off to Bayer Leverkusen and Neil Lennon spoke about why I wouldn't say he was unhappy Um, just ambitious maybe or he wanted to try something else progress his career at another club we were obviously very disappointed you know we did everything we could to try and entice the player to stay but um, you know he made it clear quite a while ago that you know his ambition was to to leave to be elsewhere so what do you think tomorrow night Celtic against Hamilton a comfortable win for Celtic yeah I don't think we can see beyond that you know they will have to have a response somewhere it isn't very often Celtic go five games without a win they've been four already so I can't imagine it'll be five and Frimpong looks to be on his way. Overall, Stephen, you've had a couple of hours to reflect on it. Do you think that could be good business for Celtic? Financially, it is. And people forget sometimes football clubs are run as businesses. And ultimately, the business people speak. Dermot Desmond has invested a lot of money, so he's got every right to ask for 11 or £12 million pounds to come into his coffers. It's a good bit of financial business. If you pose the question to the supporters, is it an Edward you lose or a Frimpong? Yeah. Rimpong all day long. Rimpong Rimpong Rimpong. all day yeah, long. Unfortunately, yeah. that's, they would, that's the way the world. They'd been, they wouldn't have Edward going at this point. And uh, the voice of the day, the man who has uh, seen nothing but success since he took over at Livingston, and he got the verdict today at the SFA. It's a significant milestone in my career and in my personal life, 100%, yeah. 
I didn't think it was going to go in my favour, but I think hats off to the SFA for the decision because I honestly do think it's the correct decision. Great decision. It rolls on and on and good luck to him and to Livy. Thanks very much, Stephen. We'll see you next week. Shelley, we will see you soon. What's your match at the weekend? I've right. got one. You haven't got one? Well, you said to, that you are going to call in. So you are. Yeah, yeah, you'll be. Uh, and let's hope, Shelley, we get back to football and get the crowds in at some point this year. Surely the vaccine's coming. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Great. Thanks very much. Jokal Day is coming up next and we're here tomorrow night uh, at uh, Leanne Crichton is joining us and Barry Ferguson tomorrow on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited at five tomorrow evening. See you then. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk.